Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast is being recorded, the land of the Gubby Gubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. Just as a quick reminder, we have a Patreon account. Patreon is an amazing platform which allows us to continue to cover the cost for the podcast, such as monthly hosting, website, and equipment upgrades. Every little contribution makes a huge difference for us. For a gold coin donation each month, we'd be so stoked to have you on as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Huge shout out to our existing patrons and just for all of our listeners. Again, we say it all the time. We love you so much. (laughs) Support for the show comes in a huge variety of forms and another way we love to receive your support, which raises our profile and in turn elevates the voices of our guests is through ratings and reviews. If you could take a couple of seconds to hit the five star rating on Apple or Spotify, we would be so grateful. Also, we love seeing our listeners either reach out to or tagging our guests in their Instagram stories. So if you've particularly loved an episode, please do repost, tag, and let us know why you love listening. Thank you to everyone who has either left a rating or review or tagged or messaged us on socials. While we haven't been recording as frequently this year, we do have a library of almost 40 episodes you can check out now. Like what we mentioned in the last episode, there is a bit going on in life at the moment, but we are so grateful to have a guest on for this episode. Returning podcast guest Luke Pryor gave us some of his precious time to come on and talk to us about his lead up to the iconic Western states. Little shout out to Luke. He probably has just landed in America, so have fun. Before you listen to this episode, we recommend that you go back to the episode seven to get a good background about Luke first. Luke shares with us a little of what has been going on for him since his first appearance on the podcast in August 2021, mainly in the context of his prep to run 100 miles at the Western States Endurance Run later this month. As a once in a lifetime experience, Luke has gone all in with his preparation, including making some significant lifestyle changes, which just go to show how the everyday adventurer can show up with a huge amount of commitment and dedication, dedication even, to a goal they're passionate about. We are so excited to watch him have a magic day on Saturday, 24th of June, California time. Let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen. to the Into the Wee Hours podcast. This is episode 38. I've completely forgotten what I normally say, but my name is Sarah Pendergrass and I am joined by my wonderful friend and co-host Kristen Fortin. Hello! (laughs) (laughs) We are also joined in person today by a returning guest and good friend of ours, Luke Pryor. Welcome, Luke. Thank you. Good to be back. You. Great to have you back. So yeah, clearly I keep saying we're rusty and I keep doing the same thing but anyway um it's great to be here it's great to be recording in person we last had luke on in august 2021 episode seven 
If you want to hop back and hear more about Luke and Luke's own story, definitely suggest you do that. We couldn't believe it was August 2021 when we were just chatting before we started recording. That's wild. We've been doing this for a while and I still can't remember how to introduce the show. So (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there one day. But we are here today um, to talk specifically about a huge adventure and race that Luke has coming up. Very exciting times. Luke is heading off at the end of this week, is that right? Saturday. Saturday. Oh, jeepers. And, and it's Monday. And it's Monday. Wow. Yeah, so thank you for taking the time to be with us. Luke's heading overseas to the US to race in the Western States Endurance Run, 100 miles, running around in the US at one of the most iconic races in our sport, if not the most iconic race. Depends on if you're European or if you're American. True. I listened to a podcast with Dylan Bowman. He was like, it's the most iconic. And I was like, oh, that's coming from an American. Coming from an American, yes. So before we kick off into all of that stuff, clearly we are very rusty. (laughs) So we thought we'd open up the floor with a little bit of quick fire questions just to warm everybody up around the table. So Luke, we spoke to you almost two years ago. (laughs) It's been a long time. Can you share with us something, anything that you have learned in the last couple of years that you would like to share with everybody? That is a good question. Uh, it's hard to pick one, I'm sure. It is. Um, maybe not to make assumptions on where things that you believe and maybe stand for, that they can change over time. Good one. Nice. Awesome. Second one. Would you rather travel to the past or to the future? I like this one. The past. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Can, I mean, I know quickfire, but screw that. Can you tell us why? Uh, I think um, always like, like the whole Viking area. Oh, oh I love the, yeah. Past, yeah. past. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I just like the, you know, simple, everything was pretty hardcore. Yeah. You know, down to earth. There was no sort of. Bit warrior mentality, eat, sleep. Yeah. You know. Hunt sailboats. Yeah, sailboats. Yeah, that's right. Because when I did that AI Viking thing, you were keen to find out about that. It's all coming together now. <laughs> what did I look like in the past? <laughs> I never did any of the AI stuff. Did you guys punch it in? Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, no, didn't do any of that. <laughs> Luke, what are you currently reading at the moment? Which one? I've got about five books on the go. Oh, oh, this is a no, great topic a also. Yes, Kristen and I had this discussion the other day and I actually, I could have put, this as a question. Sorry to interrupt you. Mm. I do want to know what you're reading. All five I of them. I also will have about five books on rotation. No, and Kristen you have like 26. Me, okay, maybe 26. <laughs> Kristen said to me, you're not one of those people, are you? Reading her one book at a time. So there we go. We've got another divisive approach to reading. Uh, I tend to go in spurts, so when I buy a book, I'll buy several at a time. They okay. all I tend to arrive at the same time. So And they get really excited. Yeah. You're like, I can't choose it. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I hate this. Uh, I, I do love books. I really enjoy reading books. And if I could read more I definitely would. Um but um yeah. So I've got a bit of a mixture at the moment. I've got um a few sports psychology books on the go. One about endurance sports, which is a little bit more research heavy, which is kind of cool. Which one's that? Um, now you put me on the spot. Um, Carla has her name. It's like endurance performance something. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I'll give you the link of it. You can have a, yeah, cool. have yeah, a look at the show notes. Yeah. 
Um, reading a finance one, which is a bit ordinary at the moment. Um, yeah. And what else have I got? Um, think like a warrior, which is just a pretty easy to read kind of popular kind of sports psychology book. It's pretty basic, but hmm. kind of easy to read. Getting into the mentality of it. Exactly. You? Yep. Do you read any fiction or is it all? Oh, that's another uh, good one. Yeah. yeah. Not often. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very rarely. Kind yeah. of splurge when you do. Yep. Yeah. 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 Same. Mm. Cool. There we go. Oh, I love that. That's another uh, <laughs> quick fire question. It's how many books do you read at one time? <laughs> All right, so as I mentioned in the intro there, and um, we're going to be chatting to Luke about um, Western states, and we'll explain a little bit more in terms of what the race is and the um, entry process and all of that stuff. But the question here is, how many times have you entered the lottery for Western states? Six. Wow. Six times. So how many tickets is that? One, two, three. Doesn't it double every year? Yeah, I think I had... It's like the exponential stuff I can never do. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. test our math here. I think it might yeah. have been 32 or 16. I'm not sure. We'll just call it that. Yeah. But yeah, out of thousands still, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Persistent. A little bit of a uh, detour as well, just to obviously expand on not quick fire questions. I think you were telling me that, uh, I'm pointing at Sarah, that Luke, you like had this feeling that you're going to be picked this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I nearly didn't do a qualifying race for it this last in 2022 either wow, so okay yeah um well I, we can get into that later but yeah i, yeah. I think i remember oh, you saying right. that. I yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's super cool um how many times have you run 100 miles in one go technically none oh um i have done tarawera miler and walked 110 k's of it at the end so i was a bit banged up um and uh, made it to about 50 k's and then walked the last 110 k's so i sort of feel like i haven't ran a hundred miler properly okay um and that took about i think it was about 34 hours or something i don't even know how long it was it was Whoa. most painful that is well, painful. agonizing thing i've ever done i'd much rather sprint it and get it done yeah yeah respect to you to get it done holy dooly wow and i guess for people who aren't from ultra running background a miler refers to 100 miles when we're talking about that yeah. because and i feel like it seems a little yeah. misleading <laughs> yes. it's not just one mile it's 100 miles which is 160 kilometers yeah. so yeah why mm. that's uh that's a lot of time on your feet all right um next question i did actually check your previous episode to make sure we hadn't asked this so this is our genie question mm-hmm. so maybe you're out on the western states course do we give it context i don't know maybe you're just out running and you come across a genie, and the genie grants you three wishes. And the rules, oh, Kirsten, it's been a while. you, you can't, can't bring, ask for more wishes. Uh-huh, can't bring anybody back from the dead, and you can't have somebody fall in love with you. What would your three wishes be for the genie? Fresh legs. <laughs> yes. Is that like mile 10? Yeah. <laughs> you've got the escarpment, yeah. everything is, yep. Um, three wishes. Uh, it's a good question. And now I've gone blank. No, you're um, good. Kristen and I did a whole hike, the Lamington thing, and we still didn't really I think, come up with ours. So we put <laughs> like you on the, the spot. Second day on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just any time. It can just be on the time of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh legs is always nice. Yeah. Even yeah. when you're not running. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Unlimited endurance would be nice. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And um, maybe longer legs. <laughs> <laughs> I think 
the balconies. <laughs> this is a room where longer legs would all be handy. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. <laughs> and then the last question, Luke, you have been quite an inspiration for us. As, as of episode seven, I'm pretty sure we've asked almost everybody this, but we haven't really mm-hmm. asked you this. But usually I preface, now we had a sports psychologist come on to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so that episode was, uh, it was quite good for us to be able to uh, think about gratitude and think about just being kind to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So right now, give yourself a compliment. Give myself a um... For turning today around, I had a pretty stressful morning today and um, got a little panicked about some travel arrangements with car hire and not having credit cards and whatnot. So I was in a bit of a stress state earlier this morning. So I kind of feel like I've managed to turn the afternoon around. So I think that's been a good thing. Nice. Perfect. And we're here podcasting. We're doing the things. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. We made it through the quick part. We did. Yeah. <laughs> so like Sarah mentioned, usually what we do, and if you haven't listened to Luke's podcast before, go back to Now We Know, episode seven, crazy, um, to hear all about Luke and get a little bit more of a backstory. But we do like to kind of usually open up the, um, I guess, conversation with a little bit of an origin story. We already have that recorded. So Luke, tell us about what you are doing uh, about the Western States Endurance Run as much as you know about it, like let's just kind of paint a little bit of a picture of what you're going to be doing in what, like 19, 18 days or something? Yep, 19, I think. All right, take it away. (laughs) Yeah, so Western States Endurance Run, it's its 50th year of running this year, so it's kind of pretty cool as well. Super cool. Um, It's uh, run in America over in California and starts at Olympic Valley and runs 161 miles down to Auburn. Uh, I think there's about five and a half thousand meters of climbing in it, and um, I don't know what the descent is, but it's a little bit more than that. It might be six thousand meters or something like that. You also just added a few miles there. You said 161 miles. Uh, 161 kilometers. (laughs) 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 Yes, good pick up. You're feeling good. Yeah, yeah. I got my genie wishes on. I'm ready to go. Yeah, the fresh legs, the fresh long legs. So, um, yeah, and it runs through, I think, like the Sierra Nevadas um, starts, I think the highest altitude is about 2,900 metres or just below. Um, and they've had a fair bit of snow over there this uh, winter. And even though it is summer now, um, there's still a fair bit of snow up there. So the first 50 k's, by all accounts, is going to be a fair bit of running through snow, which um, will definitely be a new experience for me. Um, and then it drops down into the canyons and where it can get between sort of 30 to 40 degrees Celsius as well. So, um, sort of extremes in temperature. And so it sort of makes for an interesting kind of dynamic throughout the race. Um, I think the cool thing about it, and one of the things that's obviously got the history there, but the fact that, um, due to national park restrictions, I think there's only 340 or 370 people can enter it. Um, so it's pretty limited sort of size. And then, I don't know how many it is, but maybe it's 80 to 100 sort of you get elite kind of runners that have either got sponsorships or have finished in the top 10, top 10 males, top 10 females get automatic entry into the next year. So very good runners. And then they have the golden um, ticket races where the first and second male and female get automatic entry if they wish to choose to. So, you know, a lot of those you're sort of racing against maybe 80 to 100 of, you know, some of the better runners in the world. And then you get the middle of the pack hacks like myself just sort of plodding along in the background um, on the same stage as everyone else. Um, And I think that brings a lot of pressure and a lot of kind of excitement and um, just privilege to the race and like, um, yeah, a huge amount of excitement just to be there 
on the day and kind of get to soak it all in and experience that. So I think that's sort of what adds to the the hype of it. Whereas, you know, UTMB, you know, thousands of runners and there's just, you know, millions of people around and that sort of thing. It's a, a different kind of um, environment, I think. So so much to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with the snow, just to give everybody a bit of context. I'm pretty sure that it was the largest snow year on record ever in the mm. Sierras. So there is a lot of snow and it continually snowed up until May. Yeah. My parents are in Reno and they're like, yep, snowed again. We're like, this is just crazy. There's going to be crazy amount of snow. How are you going to deal with the snow? Completely winging the snow. Fantastic. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the best way to go. Don't overthink it. <laughs> I've got zero, I'm, I've got close to zero experience running in snow and um, yeah. So I have just it's outside of my control. I can't control totally. it. Um, it's pretty hard to practice that in Queensland right now. Yeah. Even though it's, we think it's chilly, it's not exactly snowing. Yeah. 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 But it's a weird snow because when it does get hot, then it can kind of become springy, almost like very slippery mud. So it's not sticky mud, but sometimes if it does keep its cool, it's actually, it's pretty much like running on like hard sand. Mm. So then it doesn't really feel like anything. So it literally just depends on the day of what you're getting. But I reckon if it's cold overnight, you, yeah, you might start hard and then it might get really slushy and things yeah and i think um for me i'm just sort of approaching that as it'll be a good excuse to slow down early totally, on in the race totally. um and just making sure that my feet are okay and change socks and shoes if i need to at, you know 50ks or something like that um so i'm just sort of yeah embracing it and i, I think it's going to add to a lot of the beauty out there it's going to look amazing mm. up um up there so i think really just sort of stoked on getting up there and seeing it all to be honest oh i'm so excited and i, I love this conversation and for context you know if you don't know about the race this like snow isn't necessarily a feature of this race like last year everyone was blowing up because of the extreme heat right so you're going to have contrasts out there as well to deal with but i think it's cool you're going to be running in this iconic year it's like it's 50th year you're getting this potentially crazy snow a whole new experience which the whole thing's going to be a new experience as it is anyway and also when you talk about the hype of the race we alluded to it in the quick fire questions but so much of it is because it's so freaking hard to get into this mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so yeah the fact that you did have this sixth sense i remember didn't yeah you? like this confidence where it's like it's really hard to get into this race but you had a feeling talk about it i did have a feeling yeah so um yeah maybe i'll go back to like the qualifying race because i mm. um I, I guess with covid and some of my injuries which i sort of covered in the last podcast um i felt like i'd been out of the ultra running scene for a couple of years and hadn't sort of done a, a huge amount of ultra running or running you know been still running a fair bit but nothing um in the ultra kind of realm and tried to get up for gold coast um, marathon and the marathon seems to be my white whale at the moment i can't just get there it seems to flare at my tendons and whatnot or has in the past because uh, when you focus on the roads you mean yeah like and the speed a little bit faster yeah, running okay. Okay. um yeah so the the longer slower stuff seems to suit it a little bit better um i will get there one day but um that's a work in progress and so I, I had to pull out of, um, did the Brisbane half marathon um, and was then pulled up really bad from that and couldn't do Gold Coast. And then was sort of looking for an overseas holiday and we you know, wanted to go to Italy. And I was like, okay, what races, if you're, on a, if you're a trail runner, you've got to do an ultra when you're overseas. So I um, was looking around for a race and saw Utlo, which is 100Ks and about 5,500 metres of climbing in a little town called Amina and 
yeah, it looked amazing. I'm like, that's cool. But at that time, it wasn't a Western States qualifier and it was like touch and go whether they were going to get it. And I was kind of like, oh, I've been in the lottery for Western States for five years. I haven't, you know, haven't been lucky enough yet. I haven't been running that much. I've kind of been, you know, out of the scene for a fair, fair while. So I was kind of on the fence, like, oh, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, just let it go. And then I ended up contacting them before signing up and said, you know, are you guys going to become a Western States qualifying race? And said, yeah, we've got the application in. We haven't got it confirmed yet, but most likely. So I was like, sweet. So I signed up anyway, and thankfully they got that. And that was my um, qualifying race for Western States in 2022. Um, and it sort of felt like a little bit of a comeback to the ultra running for me too. So it was a, you know, it was a really fun experience. And, um, and then from that, that was in October um 2022 and then the lottery gets drawn in december 3rd or 4th of december um and a couple of weeks before i was just like we were planning a holiday to new zealand and i did say to cara um at the time i said maybe you know if i get pulled out we might have to go to america and she was like i was like oh yeah but and we we're sort of both sort of leaning let's go to new zealand big italy trip let's save a little money we have a short holiday in new zealand um this year and that'll be it and then i just had this feeling Pretty much from then on, I was like, I think we're going to America. And <laughs> and I was actually going, because I had that feeling, I was actually going to get up and watch the lottery that they draw out. And we were down in Victoria at the time, um, which is, it was an hour time difference. And I completely just miscalculated the time difference of America and Victoria. Yeah, because they live stream it so anyone can watch, right? And yeah. Read out the names and the location of where you're from. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, I woke up in Victoria um, to a few missed calls and from a couple of friends. And as soon as I had that, I kind of knew exactly what that was about. So, at, and at the time, I was sort of a bit like, I was sort of sitting on the fence. I was like, yeah, Western States would be cool, but it just seemed like a bit of a pipe dream. But as soon as I my name had been drawn, it was literally like a, a switch had been flicked and the excitement was just next level. We went for a run that morning um, down along the Grad Ocean Road and just like... Yeah, that just the excitement oh, was next level. What a run that would have been! <laughs> the Great Ocean Road. You found out you got into Western states. Oh, <laughs> the emotions! Oh, that would have been so good. I'm yeah, like goosebumps. There, <laughs> there, there was a, quite a lot of airplane arms and like oh, yeah, just hugging trees time. and all of that sort of stuff. <laughs> Hooting and hollering. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I. I do you know why you had that feeling? Don't know. Can't explain it. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. I think, pretty curious and very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So we did probably go through a little bit of it in um, Megan's podcast, but yes, Western States, like what you alluded to, Luke, has such a like small qualifying um, rate of getting in. So you have to do at least one of these qualifying races, like what Luke mentioned as well. There's a couple races that happen throughout the year that if you get first, second, and sometimes some races third which are very elite races. Everybody's chasing the golden ticket. You know, there's a couple ways that you can get in, but really the, for us, what did you call us? The mid pack kickers or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most of us are kind of like leaning on the lottery, but yeah, there's like people who have been in the lottery for like 10 years and still haven't gotten in. So it's quite a, quite a big deal, which I think makes it really special too. Yeah. Yep. That once in a lifetime kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Super cool. Um, so how has the lead up, you mentioned a couple of injuries that have been niggling over the last couple of years. How are you feeling? Yeah. Um, feeling really good at the moment. Um, well, you always got a few niggles here and there as a runner, but, um, maybe back to, um, my, one of the questions you asked me where I said, don't, you know, make assumptions about things that you believe in. 
Um, I've done a lot of things differently in this build-up that I would never have thought I would have done. Um, And so at the end of Utlo, um, had a reasonable race, had a few stomach upsets in the second half of it, Um, and but then pulled up like it took me ages to recover. I was just like really tired for a long, long time. So 5,000 kilometers or 5,000 yeah, meters of climbing race. over a hundred K is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was probably the, you know, that was the most I've done over that sort of distance. Mm. Um, and it was a, it was a, a beautiful race. It was amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely peak life experience at that event. Um, but it took a long time to recover from it. And I'd, I had been feeling like this for a long time. So I ended up going to this integrative GP, Dr. Dean Budrum, and um, he, you know, recommended a number of different, you know, sort of supplements and we got some blood tests and that sort of thing. And then um, he sort of said, you know, how much coffee do you drink and, you know, what do you eat? And we went all through a whole heap of lifestyle sort of stuff. And so I really knuckled down on, you know, things, just positive lifestyle, sleep, you know, meditation. Um, and he sort of loosely suggested, you know, you've got to enjoy life, but maybe look at your caffeine intake I was about three or four coffees a day, and oh, okay. coffee for me had been. It was a little bit like the checkpoint at an ultra. I was just like, get through the day, I get to the next cafe, or I get ah, to the next coffee, uh-huh. get an energy kick. So I was definitely very dependent on it, and mm-hmm. needed to change that relationship with caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also suggested if you want to down the track, maybe we can look at this detox diet. And I said, I'll give me some info about it. And basically, I came back two weeks later and had pretty much done every single thing he kind of half suggested. I'd given up caffeine. Um, Give it, like completely. completely. Not even your morning cu- cup of coffee. Cut it out. Whoa. Um, and, you know, someone that has a history of alcohol and not been sober, um, be six years next next week. Congratulations. Um, you know, caffeine was my one substance I was holding on to. Totally. Um, and, and is that pretty common? to like kind of hold on to something uh i don't know like i think you, you see a little bit of that isn't it it's kind of like mm-hmm. you know just good justification mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um so um yeah i never thought i'd give up coffee i still love it and i still i do have the occasional coffee now um uh, but it's very you know it's like once a week or something like that yeah yeah um and in that process changed um um my nutrition approach to when i'm this sort of um, it was just a pretty typical kind of detox diet, which really just took out any sugars and anything that kind of gave you a bit of an energy kick, really, to sort of flatten everything out. And <laughs> um, how did you get through the days? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking that's like my whole diet. Yeah. <laughs> Very monotone. And <laughs> yeah. So did you have that bit of a slump when you first started and then yeah, your was, energy started coming it was, back? It was a real, it took a while to adjust to it. Mm. Um, things Like... You know what? The I cravings crave I I, crave didn't really kick in for okay. me too much, actually. It was more just the blandness of some of the foods okay. that we were having. Um, and I feel like, did you not mention even like the ritual of the coffee? Was that you that I was talking to about that? Like that kind of the point in the day where you normally go for a coffee, just yeah. noticing that sort of thing? Yeah, that was the big, that was hard. Mm. Just the habit mm. side of the it. Habit, of just, yeah. yeah. So um, I will drink the occasional decaf coffee now um, and do have a decaf sort of fat black coffee in the morning. Um, and, um, yeah, it, um, but went sort of full on on that area and then, um, sort of got into a lot more of a low carb, high fat diet, um, and did a three week keto period and did that over, um, Christmas. So, um, oh my God, <laughs> if this isn't mental training, I don't know like, what like, is. Like, it wasn't the best time, but, um, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> no sugar, no carbs. 
Yeah, I guess it was. I was pretty. Um, I was desperate to kind of turn the corner okay. on things. Um, what out of what was sort of the, de- the desperation point? I was just sick of feeling fatigued all the time. Okay. And so it was the fatigue <clears throat> that you were okay. Yeah, and not being able to enjoy the longer running that I was enjoying yeah. and um, that used to love doing. It mm-hmm. was starting to become a chore and just not, not recovering. recovering. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I was pretty, and particularly, obviously, with, and I guess this, you know, in the Western States conversation like that, you know, when you get into Western States, you want to give it your best shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, um, I guess there could be external pressure, but like for me, it was a lot of internal pressure. I wanted to kind of, you know, give it my, give it my best. So, of um, and so I, I would, and that's the thing I, if you had said, oh, would you eat keto? I was, I was a high carb. I love my carbs. I was yeah. vegan for five years. Um, and lived off carbohydrates. So I was, would never have thought I would have done that. Um, so yeah, crazy sort of turnaround. Um, and now I kind of do like, I did it at a course by Dan Plews. Um, he's a, um, I think he's age group um, triathlon record holder, but more importantly, he's a exercise researcher over in New Zealand and he does a lot of stuff on endurance athletes with like a low carb, high fat approach. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did his course um, in, it must be mid-December, and that's what sort of started me on it. And, and still doing it now? Still doing it now, yep. yep. Um, and, um, yeah, and then I my I picked up a running coach. Um, it, uh, it must have been March this year, Zach Bitter, who is... Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Jeez, so, yeah, that's and awesome. He, he sort of follows that approach cool. too. Yeah, um, isn't he, he's super into, or is it Zach Bitter maybe? I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, he does. He does like low carb sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, cool. But lo- low carb, like I, you know, also part of me hates talking about like diet and nutrition because you know there's nothing wrong with carbs. Carbs are good. Totally. Um, and I still eat carbs, like, um, but I just moderate them a lot, mm-hmm. m- lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, thankful that's been a positive experience. Had some exercise testing done last week actually in the lab, which um, sort of was a big confidence booster because I'd done this you know, extreme change in the, my lifestyle and the way I ate. Um, and I would have been devastated if those test results hadn't have shown any positive change in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, they they were really positive um, results, which sort of means I'm going to have more flexibility with my nutrition approach come Western states where I won't need to consume as high amount of carbohydrates as um, other people and therefore reduce my risk of, you know, um, GI distress, which mm-hmm. is the number one reason why people DNF and why I slowed down a little bit in Utlo. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. so on that topic then, what is your fueling strategy? Because that is like for those longer distance events, sometimes it's just an eating and drinking competition. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So what are you, what's your approach for it? Yeah. So um, the exercise testing um, I did. So um, at, you can kind of work out your uh, metabolic efficiency and look at the RER number, which sort of talks about, you know, how much fats and how much carbohydrates you're burning at different intensities that you're running. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine, the lady that did the test was like, I've never actually seen data this high where I was still burning fat at like a really high running intensity. Yeah, amazing. Which means it protects my um, glucose stores mm-hmm. and means that I need to consume as much. So, I should be able to get away with around 50 grams of carbohydrates per hour. Wow. Um, whereas, you know, people are sort of consuming 90 to 120 grams. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
and with the cost of gels, um, <laughs> yeah, we have saved some money. <laughs> so what are you going to do? Just have a gel, like half a gel or something? Um, oh, well, that's, 50 grams is still like, uh, depending on what gel you're taking, yeah. that might be one gel. Yeah. Um, some gels, it might be two gels. Um, are you going to go off of gels or real food? Or? I'll do a bit of a combo. I tend okay. to get a bit hungry, so yeah. um, I need some real food yeah. um, in my stomach. But the cool thing is like that's my – I know I need to consume at least – that much Mm -hmm. so it gives me a lot of flexibility like I can safely consume a little bit more if I need to as well so I think that's the nice thing with that approach so amazing yeah have you worked with a lab and had these kind of insights previously like where did this come from uh that was all from the Dan Plews course yeah and um and then um obviously Zach has been pretty good support just kind of navigating that as well yeah yeah cool I mean it's got to feel really good to have that knowledge about your body it's not just by feel like this this is the science is saying this is gonna fuel you sufficiently yeah and when i was doing like starting and i was like testing my blood glucose and my ketones and all this sort of stuff you know daily kind of tracking where it was at so it was kind of it was a big kind of process um but it was something i was willing to kind of do to see if i could turn around you know my running performance sort of stuff because i had found a sort of do tend to fade a little bit mm. um, at the, as the distance goes on and um, you haven't really successfully run 100 mile uh, before. So, um, you know, it's a risk and it might not work out. You know, it could be a disaster. I could, you know, come back and see you guys after Western States. So like, well, that didn't work, did it? But, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think it'll be because of that approach. I sort of feel confident that, you know, on some of my long runs, I you know, felt pretty comfortable from a, an energy perspective. Um, so yeah. And there are always other variables as well, like the heat being a factor in, in GI issues and stuff like that too. So you never know, but that's so cool to have that knowledge. That's awesome. How is your body feeling in terms that you kind of touched on training there as well? You had a bit of up and down this year, like has not been the best prep. So yeah. yeah. So it was, it was, um, to be fair, even if you had a good prep, it's never the perfect prep, right? Like we always find something wrong with it and we always poke and prod. So like it is what it is. So yeah. how, how was it? <laughs> uh, so it started off pretty well. December, I was still sort of bouncing back a little bit. Um, so eased back into it. Um, January, February were, February was a really good month. January was, you know, good consistent month as well. So I was sort of starting to get a bit of traction. And then um, had started having some calf issues. Um, I think a little bit of combination is training load um, and um done a heap of walking all the way camping on the on the beach um and then went snorkeling and both calves just cramped up when i was um mm. snorkeling out at morton island especially with the fins right the fins oh. yeah yeah um and i'm not a good swimmer didn't have a uh you know any life jacket or anything on it was out in the current I was like oh this is gonna be interesting but that was a funny experience but um yeah and my calves were, were a bit weird and tight after that for a couple of weeks um so i had two down weeks in march um we're just I had started off with one and then realized that wasn't enough and had another one and the energy was starting to bounce back. So I started on the Tuesday, I'm getting back into it and was doing a workout and then my left calf um, went. So I sort of thought I'd strained my calf, which I, I technically had, I guess. Um, and then that was about three weeks without any real running. I was just starting to ease back into it. There was a Yandina 50K that I was really looking forward to doing uh, was coming up. So I was like, oh, this could be all right. Have a half decent week, one one week before it, and be good. Just have a, a race again. Um, and then three weeks after the left one, my right calf did the exact same thing. Oh 
and I was just like, this is weird. Like, what's going on here? So I went and saw a physio. Um, Tim Bagshaw up in Mullaney, and then um, he said, look, I think this is a neural kind of issue. This is not actually a calf tear. It's more kind of a neural sort of thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, my lower back had been tight. I was actually getting treatment on my lower back before the calf sort of stuff, so it all started to sort of make sense. So um, we sort of changed the um, treatment protocol a little bit and then started to make some gains a little bit. But it was sort of it was a seven-week period where I was like, did hardly any running, um, which was really hard. I did a lot of biking when I could, um, but I had to be a little bit careful with how much biking I did too on the calves and the lower back particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did swimming, which I am a terrible swimmer, and deep water running um, just to try and keep the fitness up throughout that period, which was, yeah, like if you want to stop time, try and just do some say, deep water one of running. The most exciting. Oh. <laughs> activities that you could do yeah deep water running i think i saw the clock go backwards at one stage (laughs) and do you deep water run with like a one of those inflatable inflatable foam belt things around your waist yeah man i've done a lot of deep water running in my past have you i would give it up i don't think i'd yeah i'd be like i'll defer (laughs) (laughs) i'm pregnant (laughs) i should have pulled that card you should have yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah so um last so you picked up zach as your coach in march was that kind of when all of that was happening yeah so was that kind of like a boost for you is that what you felt like you needed it was a, pretty late in the game it to was pick up a coach. it yeah. was so that was a bit of a risk with that and mm-hmm. funnily enough it's really hard to find a, a running coach oh. um i was online and admittedly i was looking for people that had you know pretty good reputations yeah. and probably had mm-hmm. plenty of followers and that sort of stuff yeah. but for people to get back to you and that sort of stuff yeah. was really, oh, it was much harder than I thought. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Zach's been, Zach has been really, really good, really responsive and, mm-hmm. and been amazing. But it was a little bit of, um, you know, Cara had coached me in the lead up to Utlo and mm-hmm. that was really good. Um, and she still sort of does a lot of my strength um, training sort of stuff. Um, but then I kind of just wanted to have a bit of flexibility and do it myself mm-hmm. um, in the lead up to Western States. But then just with juggling everything else with work and life and then trying to plan it and then organize all the travel and all of that sort of stuff, it's just this extra pressure of like on top of all the other sort of stuff you've got to do. So it was so much nicer to just give that responsibility to someone else, particularly, you know, it does have a bit of extra pressure, Western States. You want to go there and give it your best performance and um, perform to your to, to your best whatever that is on in that race on that day um so um yeah I kind of thought you know what like let's just change tact here and and, and get him on board and that's it's been really positive so far even though when I first started I was like how's that so it's good now I've just done my right calf <laughs> so <laughs> oh, no. it was a bit of a slow process in sort of building up but um yeah it's been a good experience so far and how mentally are you feeling uh really good actually yeah i've had um probably my my biggest week of training ever um last week Mm -hmm. um and had two good good back-to-back long runs last week as well which was a good confidence booster for me because i hadn't done like I, i actually haven't done a lot of long running like i missed that seven weeks of training in the middle there and then was sort of just easing back into it and was getting some three hour runs in so i haven't actually done you know any really really you know big over overreaching kind of long runs yeah um, which might be a, a blessing perhaps yeah um so yeah feeling really good and and kind of i feel like the pressure's off like that internal pressure is a little bit off 
Whereas if I had have had, you know, pretty close to a really good build, um, then I would probably would be looking at the race for myself as a little bit more aggressively. So mm. maybe a silver lining there with the calf stuff is that I can kind of just dial that back and just like really just kind of enjoy it and, and take a little bit of that internal pressure off as well. Yeah, totally. Mm. That'd be so cool. Yeah. And then just in terms of um, talking about that mental side of things, you are a sports psychologist. Clinical psychologist. Clinical psychologist. Yep. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. You do work in the sports yeah, I do sector do some, a little bit? Yeah, I do some performance, performance. and uh, sports psych stuff, yeah. And what of that like expertise do you draw on either in your prep or like what do you like on race day? Are you anxious before or will you be chilled? Like what's your... How do you generally feel when you're racing? Uh, I'm human, so I'll be ex- I'll probably have a I'll be excited, um, and yeah, there'll probably be a little bit of anxiety there as well. Um, probably more excited, leaning into it, trying to kind of embrace it, um, soak it all in, um, and I think I'm pretty grounded. Like, you know, we're talking about sport, mm-hmm. we're also talking about running, we're also talking about trail running, we're also talking about trail ultra running. It's a pretty small freaking community yep. of people. It's so tiny. No one gives a shit. Yeah, like no shit. one cares outside of this small little bubble. Like it's so, you know, it's, um, you know, as much as I care deeply, I do care deeply. You know, I, I thought I had a stress fracture two weeks ago and that was a bad 36 hours. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like um, but, you know, I think being able to sort of ground yourself in that perspective is really helpful and that sort of stuff as well. And like just so privileged and grateful to be there on the start line um and to get the opportunity to kind of race and and run with some of the world's best runners even though they'll be miles in front of me um it's just going to be a cool experience and you are on the same start line as them and like you say it's not like utmb ultra tremble and blown where there are thousands of people like you'll be seeing these elite runners just milling around at the start right that's pretty exciting yeah yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty yeah Uh, that you're like pretty excited for yeah see Courtney's going to be there. Courtney I know. Got, yeah. 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 Camille's um, running again this year too. Camille. Yeah. 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 I think Casey and there's, there's, yeah, you yeah. go through the start list and there's just, that's a, like the, I think they use just three females. That's like who I would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> curling over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, um, Matthew from France yes. is going to, going to uh, be there. Um, yeah. I can't remember his last name. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a good lineup, which will be pretty exciting. Yeah. To, it's always a good yeah. race. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, th- I had another question in there as well. Oh, how are you preparing for the altitude? Um, getting travel. So going to travel a little bit early over mm-hmm. there. So we leave on Saturday. So we've got two weeks in America beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll spend, um, four days in Yosemite national park. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, it's around like 5,000 meters or 5,000 feet. I'm pretty sure. In the, or maybe it's 4,000 in the valley. It's still elevation. So like yeah. at least you're still there and starting to get some adaptation. Yeah. yeah. It's not sea level at yeah. the sunny coast. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll spend a few days in um, Lake Tahoe as well yeah. um, beforehand and then the three days before the race up there. So not a huge amount of um, elevation kind of altitude training. Yeah. Um, Did I see you've been doing some sauna stuff there? Yes. Definitely been doing some Ooh. sauna stuff, which mm-hmm. um, I hate saunas. Like, <laughs> I just hate them. <laughs> I'd much rather run in the heat than sit in this like yeah. where there's no airflow and so it's been a good mental test the sauna for me um but um what's your sauna protocol uh i've just been doing three times a week for mm-hmm. 30 minutes um yeah in temperature? Like infrared sauna yeah, yeah yep yep um I, I love 
I think it was, we'll look it up today, 67 degrees today. Yeah, okay. so wow. Yeah. Um, that is mental prep. <laughs> yeah, so um, not the most fun kind of thing, yeah. but just another hurdle because I think that's, you know, I think the altitude starts early in the mm-hmm. race and then you slowly come down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have sort of been up to 2,800 metres before and, and sort of noticed it but was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't imagine or hopefully touch wood that, you know, that'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably more the heat that I'm you know, prepping a little bit more for. Just um, hydration and cooling and stuff? Is that kind of the plan? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And then, so when it comes to race day, um, what does that look like for you crew-wise? And are you going to have any pacers? Yeah. Um, pacers um, could be an interesting, uh, maybe I'll leave a little kind of, there's a chance I might have someone really interesting as a pacer. Ooh. Cool. Um a little bit of email communication happening now. Let's, um, yeah, we'll see Probably how that pans that, out. Yeah, cool. Yeah. This is exciting. <laughs> uh, that'll be pretty, um, it'll be pretty cool and pretty funny if that pans out. But, um, is it Jim Walmsley? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just careful, he gets lost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, he asked, but I said no, mate. Yeah. Your, your direction skills are bad. Um, crew, so Cara is going to do it. So she's going to have her own ultra that day. Um, so yeah, so I've, um, got a little spreadsheet and I've kind of, I'll sit down with her at some stage and we'll go through that because it's going to be a massive day for her. Like, and hats off to her. Like, yeah, she's going to have to drive to a couple of different places and Mm -hmm. catch the little yellow American buses and yeah. 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 And then probably do a bit of hiking and, and, you know, probably a little bit of running as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Is she, she feeling fit? She is, I think so. Yeah, she had a good race um, last weekend in in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. One of the little trail races down there. So yeah. yeah, I think she's coming along, coming along well. So. That's good. Sometimes like it's not as big of a deal for fitness wise and stuff. But like I always hear about Badwater, like the people's crews, they didn't do the training and they're pacing and stuff, and they're the ones that are on the side yes. of the road. Yeah. <laughs> so Kara, just don't end up on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that will that'll be cool. I'm excited to hear about the uh, the pacer as well. Yeah, we'll see. We'll might. see. Yeah. 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 Uh, do you want to shout out any other Australians that are heading across? Um, there's oh, there's a, there is a good little cohort of Australians um, going across. Um, probably like maybe the most notable one. We we're sort of talking on like how hard it is to get in. Like um, Ash Bartholomew, Lucy's dad, finally got in That's this year right. after a, yeah. mil- a million years of not getting in. So. He's like the one that like everybody kind of quotes of like, I think he's, I think he was in it for like 11 years or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's surely, awesome. surely the whole Bartholomew family is going to be there. Uh, I suspect so. Yeah. 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 Oh, Actually, I think so. I think um, all these kids are going to be pacing in for sections. Oh, so. cute. Yeah. That'll be super fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I ran with Asher a little bit. He won't know who I am. <laughs> the last black hole. I was like, oh. running behind Lucy's dad. <laughs> 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 so that was pretty cool. He's got ripper cabs. <laughs> um, anybody that you'd like to share a few miles with when you're out there? Oh, good question. If um, pace was all the same. <laughs> Courtney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney and Matthew. Yeah, she, that'd she be great. some pretty good jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think they're both, like, Matthew and Courtney are both pretty, you know, everyone seems to, to love those two, don't they? So that yeah. would be pretty cool to spend some kilometres with those. But yeah. maybe just at the start line or maybe at race check-in might be as close as I'll get to those guys, I think. Yeah. I met Courtney at Tarawera and was just like, I'm having a photo with you. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just like, whoa, I'm not normally like this, but it's so exciting. And she's so friendly in real life too. So, yeah. Are you going to get involved in all of the pre-race stuff? Like in uh, Valley? Yeah, so Wednesday, they do a pretty good little setup there. So Wednesday, they've got like this international barbecue where all the international runners um, can go yeah. along and mingle and whatnot. So we'll do that. Um, and then they've got their usual sort of processes, a um, race brief and bid pickup and all of that sort of stuff. On Race photos. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Cool. So, yeah, so we'll, we'll kind of off-cycle that up. Um, and yeah, but try and rest as well at the same time. But, yeah. 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 It's trying to balance it, right? Like you still want, it's, it's a once in a lifetime thing. So you want to like soak up all of that energy and vibe. Like that's what it's definitely known for, but you can't also let it take up too much energy and too much of your vibe. Yeah. 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 It's always the balance of the race, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think that'll be the, um, like, I think come race day, like I'm just looking forward to start. I just want it to start like, yeah. um, you know, mentally, um, that'll be fine. Come race, race morning. It's more in the pre build up that I find hardest. Like even even just going away on holiday and travelling, like last last was it last week I had shocking night sleep because I was too excited when I was going to bed. I was like, hey, I'm gonna be in Yosemite National Park in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was just like getting too excited thinking and, and also just trying to organise and plan everything and um so um I think managing that in the in the uh, days lead up was probably more of the mental stuff than doing what you know when you get to the race. So true, there's so much energy burnt there. Whereas you get to the start line and then you just relax. That's what you're there for. Yeah. 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 It's just one foot around the other. Yeah. Oh, super cool. <laughs> Do you have any sort of goals? Um, I did. Um, and I'm happy to kind of talk about them um, openly. They've definitely changed. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm really competitive with myself and do like to you know, challenge myself. I think that's why I love the sport is mm-hmm. for the challenge of it. Um, and obviously, you know, the first goal is just, just to finish, like get, get that done and mm-hmm. finish um and then you know in an ideal world i'd like to get a silver buckle so mm-hmm. go under 24 hours mm-hmm. um and then you know when i first got in i was like maybe if have a perfect build up and everything goes really well you know get to as you know low 20 hours as possible and and try and have like just an absolute you know magic kind of day out where everything just goes well and i think you know for me it's good to have those goals in terms of motivating for training and that sort of stuff but I'm also very realistic and, um, you know, adaptable when it comes to that. So not having the most ideal build-up, um, I've kind of, you know, really loosened up any kind of drive for those goals and it will just be what it will be on the day. Yeah. Um, I do like, um, I think it's Mike Tyson's quote that everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I think ultra running is very much like that. It's really totally. easy to sit here when in the comfort of this, you know, <laughs> this place sitting down when your legs aren't hurting to be like, oh, yeah, I'd like to do this. And it's much different to be in that headspace when you're in absolute agony and pain. So, totally. Um, and it is like it, it is a year that's going to be very slow as well. So I think if you're very married to time goals and you have a lot of that kind of wrapped around success of yeah. the race, like I think a lot of people would be disappointed this year. I think it's going to be much slower with all the snow. Yeah. yeah, and I think you know with that in terms of as the race unfolds, if you're kind of wanting to be at a certain check by by a certain time and you're not there, mm-hmm. that can be really hard to sort of get your head around totally. as well. So yeah. being able to hold on to those loosely and yeah, um, yeah, I'll just be trying to run by feel and just you know get through the early stages as comfortable as possible and and you know I I do like to kind of push hard at the end if I can and to sort of really kind of test myself and that sort of stuff so I'm just hopeful that I've got a little bit of run in the legs at the end that I can kind of really give that a crack at the end so. just run around the track that's all you need to do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah super exciting and I guess with that in mind if you want to hear about a Western States experience which was 
challenging. I think um, she would agree. We interviewed Megan Brown on episode 30 last year after she'd been at Western States and she had a tough time. So, yeah. yeah you if just... you want to be inspired for 100 yeah, miles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just remember chafing cream. Yeah. yeah. That is the big takeaway from me. Yes. <laughs> 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 So many variables that can just so derail the day and it's just, yeah. yeah. And it is, I think that's the, the hard thing with Western particularly because it's like, it's such a big build up, and even like financially and the time, oh my gosh. like I think, you know, definitely would have spent 10 grand on this. Like we're going on a holiday too for three weeks, but mm. you know, all this experience all the time. So it's like, you know, two weeks ago when I thought I had a stress fracture, I was like, oh my gosh, like this would like, you know, be devastating. So it's, you know, anything can happen and all these variables and you put in so much time and, you know, and then you get to the day and, you know, be wearing the same shoes and just could rub the wrong way or whatever and it's just, yeah, you just never know, do you? Totally. So, and that's part of the excitement. That's yeah. That's why we do it. Yeah. yeah. It's subsequently what we love and hate about the sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much so. Type 2, fun. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Just making sure type 2 is the one that you're like miserable in the moment but you're like that was so much fun at the end of it correct yeah yeah, yeah. Just maybe sure. who knows maybe you'll just love the whole thing but yeah we'll see <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share with people about your experience in the lead up or anything we'll obviously get you back at the end to talk about your experience but anything else that you'd like to share with people because again not a lot of people are going to be sitting where you are uh, having this build up. So it's kind of a cool thing to be able to share with people. Yeah. Um, I guess if anyone's got any questions that want to kind of send in or ask, I'm happy to kind of ask away, answer away and yeah. even around the mental kind of side of things um, as well. It's, I think, you know, it's been a cool process to sort of be in a big race where there is a bit of pressure. It's not just sort of a local one. Um, and that's been a fun experience to sort of navigate as well personally. Um and it's around that, you know, that internal kind of drive and, um, and like, you know, yeah, it sort of is like, I'll probably, ne- we'll never probably run Western States ever again. So, yeah, you know, it's pretty exciting and yeah, but, um, yeah, I don't have, I don't think there's anything sort of super specific there. I think we covered most of it, I think. Awesome. And if you want to get in touch with Luke and ask any questions, is Instagram the best place? Uh, yeah, probably. Yep. Slide into your DMs at little mad runner. That's the one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> update to your wild this week um <laughs> i feel like we have to round it out with yeah. <laughs> anything in italy for example oh there was lots in italy <laughs> yeah i had to um play charades with one of these this emergency crew for toilet paper in italy because my stomach was so upset in the second half so that was oh. that was really funny and i'm devastated i can't actually remember the italian word for toilet paper i did know it because they they didn't actually speak english there's, there's about four of them standing around some <laughs> fire um vehicle and i was just like, so net- trades, like i was just wondering like, what toilet <laughs> i was just like hey. <laughs> luke is uh doing a wiping bottle yes. <laughs> yeah i'd run out i was like oh i need it yeah yeah that's pretty wild that's yeah cool well thank you so much for taking the time with us i know you're obviously you're heading off so shortly and there's lots to do but it's great to chat with you and hopefully this will be a nice record for you as well to listen back to post-race and be like oh yeah these are the things i was saying and see how it pans out exactly Uh, awesome and all the best for it we're so excited we'll be following you for sure thanks for having me on guys thanks for listening to another episode of into the wee hours podcast to get in touch you can find us on instagram at into the wee hours podcast 
or email us at into the wee hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear nay idea, and that is N A E for all you non Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vodden. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit into the forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Happy adventuring and we will talk to you next time.